Welcome to this podcast produced by the International Monetary Fund. I'm Mark Betancourt. Income inequality, the gap between rich and poor, is on the rise in many parts of the world. This has attracted substantial attention from both the public and government policymakers. In a recent report, the fund looked at ways that governments can use their spending and money from taxation, in other words, their fiscal policy, to reduce that gap between the haves and the have-lesses without slowing down economic growth. Speaking to me earlier, Benedict Clements, one of the authors of the report, said the research chimed with public demand in many parts of the world. The reason inequality is important for many governments now is simply there's a greater public demand for redistribution. What we've done is look at some of the evidence on public surveys of that have asked across a wide uh, number of countries uh, whether the government should do more or less to address inequality. And what we've seen is that over time that number has increased, and especially in countries that underwent or were affected by the economic crisis. So in some ways, this is a demand coming from uh, populations, and it's something then that uh, governments are also thinking of. The right level of redistribution, it's really going to vary. In some countries, say in the Nordic countries, there's strong public support for an active role of government and for actually making a lot of benefits universal, and there's a willingness to pay the taxes that that entails. Other countries, as you're saying, the United States, there isn't a preference for a large role of government. And in some countries, sometimes you can get more support for a targeted program. If you look, let's say, at the conditional cash transfer programs in Brazil and Mexico, one of the reasons they got support was that they said, look, this is a targeted program. Only the real, very needy are going to get this program. And that actually made it more acceptable. Whereas in some other countries, it, it can be the case that there's more support for a program if it's seen as universal and that everyone should get it and uh, we don't treat people differently. So what can governments do to reduce income inequality? One of the things that we find is that it's fiscal policy that makes a big difference. So in, if you look even, let's say, average inequality, advanced countries in Latin America, almost all of the difference can be explained by the government's tax and spending policies that redistribute income in advanced countries. So this is why we point out that fiscal policy is a very powerful tool for governments to help uh, affect income inequality. Because you're actually seeing it at work in certain countries at this time. Yes. I mean, if we look in advanced countries, they have been successful in redistributing income and in two ways. Number one is with income taxes seem to have a large part. And what's also important is, but and most of it is on the government spending side, on cash transfers such as family allowances or pensions. And one of our big messages and one of the overarching concerns people have is, well, what about growth? What do these policies do to growth? And we find if policies are well-designed, you can achieve redistributive goals in a way that either boosts growth or that helps achieve them at the minimum cost. Uh, one example is if you give benefits on the basis on a, on a conditional basis, conditional on someone looking for a job, being active in the labor market, um, ha- having a job, that actually tends to encourage employment. If you try to increase labor force participation with childcare subsidies, that might be more effective in terms of actually promoting uh, female labor force participation with and without any adverse effect on um, on the economy. So really the whole key is in design. So, I mean, a lot of these places are already going to have um, welfare programs. They're already going to have social spending. Uh, what is it that 
is not working about those programs now. Okay, uh, two things. Number one, say in the advanced economies, what we're saying is they need to target the spending more. In Europe, many benefits are still universal. For example, family and child allowances. Rich or poor, you get that child allowance. What we mean is instead of having programs available universally to everyone, focus on the poor groups. This will allow you to, say, redistribute income at a lower fiscal cost, and we know many of these countries have, it's a priority for them to, uh, to reduce their budget deficits, reduce public debt. A targeted approach oftentimes can achieve the objective at, uh, at a lower cost. And in developing countries, uh, there's also scope for targeting and especially looking at energy subsidies, which tend to benefit those that drive bigger cars, have bigger houses. It's, you're better off having a t cash transfer program for those groups to help protect their income rather than just making gasoline cheap. You also mentioned changes in the tax code, so increasing things like income taxes and property taxes? Yes. I mean, what we're finding is, first, on property taxes, this is a tax that can really should be exploited more uh, across the world because it's a very efficient tax because if you tax uh, property, it, it's not like it can leave the country. If you tax a corporation too much, it may leave the country. So it's a very efficient tax because the technical term is just the, that factor is immobile, property. Uh, so there's a lot of scope to raise more from property taxes. On average, it raises about one percentage point of GDP across the advanced economies, but some uh, can tax a lot more. Uh, with income taxation, that's also a tax that can be more uh, can be used to help achieve distributive goals by, for example, reducing tax exemptions, exceptions that tend to benefit those with larger houses, with more property, with higher incomes. So the uh, you can help achieve uh, uh, improvement in inequality. You can help reduce inequality by getting rid of some of those special tax benefits that tend to benefit upper income groups. And specifically, does that benefit the income inequality situation by um, pr providing more revenue to the government for social programs? Its most immediate effect is simply by uh, reducing the income of upper, upper income groups. And then, of course, indirectly, then that can provide the financing for, uh, for expanding programs for low-income groups. And this is one of our important messages for, uh, for developing countries is you really have to focus on raising revenues. Uh, there's no way you can afford to increase spending on health and education with current levels of revenue. So you want a tax system that raises more revenue, even if that is not that taxation is not especially progressive itself. That is, if everyone pays in proportionally, more or less, let's say like with a value-added tax, you're better off raising that revenue and then using that revenue to spend to benefit the poor. But also there's sort of the capacity of the government to carry out those kinds of policies, right? Yes, and, and administrative capacity is going to vary across uh, countries. In many countries, for example, labor markets may be highly informal, where people are uh, self-employed, where they are not paying Social Security contributions, they're not paying taxes, and it's very hard to government to reach those households, for example, via cash transfers, because they may not be connected to the regular formal economy. So it's a good idea, for example, in the conditional cash transfers, to start on a pilot basis in urban areas and then expand gradually as administrative capacity improves. And even with these conditional cash transfer programs, it's hard to link uh, a benefit to uh, sending your children to school if there's no school around. So sometimes you have to have these complementary improvements in administrative capacity, uh, such as access to schools and health clinics, before you really implement some of these conditional cash transfer programs.
That sort of leads into a, a little bit bigger question of just what are, what do you think the ultimate limits of of government policies in achieving income equality are in a in economies where there are lots of different factors, obviously. If policies are designed well, you can achieve redistribution. It's not a hopeless task. Uh, there are smart ways to do it, and there are ways to do it that are not so smart. And I think it's a good idea for economists and in, those in international organizations to keep talking about the smart ways that you can achieve redistribution. So it's not impossible, but it does require some attention to details. And that was Benedict Clemens of the IMF's Fiscal Affairs Department talking about the fund's new paper on how governments can reduce income inequality without harming economic growth. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more like this on www.soundcloud.com forward slash IMF dash podcasts.